Welcome, and thank you for downloading Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Here at Movement, we are passionate about God's Word and helping each other move closer to God. Thank you for choosing to grow with us today. Good morning. Wow, that is loud. I guess that was my intro and my cue uh, to come on up here. Happy to be with you today. I am uh, happy that Keith, my buddy and brother, uh, accompanied me and helped in the road coming up. My wife always worries that I'm looking at the map instead of the highway, and Keith takes care of that for me. If you have your, if you have your Bible with you or your app, uh, we're going to be reading a number of scriptures, starting with Colossians chapter 1. Uh, what I'd like to do is talk just a little bit with you about some things uh, that have impacted us over the last couple of years. Um, someone sent me a note in preparation for coming here and said, thank you for coming to help us usher in 2022. And I saw a meme on social media that said about entering 2022, and it showed all these people hiding behind a wall and reaching out with a long stick to turn the handle to open the door into 2022. And maybe from a human perspective, there's reason to think like that. You know, we've had uh, political turmoil. We've had COVID up and down and up and down. Uh, We've had all kinds of confusion, in my opinion at least, about how to handle life and who to listen to and what direction to go in. But as Christians, we have a better voice than the ones that are simply in the world around us. So if you would, Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to begin reading at verse 9. Uh, through 14, and then we're going to go over to Ephesians 5, which is just one flip of the page in your Bible. The Apostle Paul, guided by God's Holy Spirit, begins in verse 9 saying, For this reason, that is, that God is faithful, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you and asking God to fill you with all knowledge of his will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, and being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, so that you may have great endurance and patience, and joyfully giving thanks to the Father, who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the kingdom of light. For he, that is God, through Christ, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption and the forgiveness of sins. And the key ideas that I want to think about a little bit today as we move out of 2021 and into 2022 is that God has rescued us. God is moving in who we are and that we are part of his plan for this world. Turning back one chapter to Ephesians 5. I'm sorry, more than one page. Ephesians 5, uh, verses 8 through 11. Paul says a similar passage this way. He says, concerning us as Christians, for you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, 
For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, for it is, a, it is light that makes everything visible. So what Paul's talking about here, what God is saying to us is, we need to remember who we were. And even if you're like me, if you grew up in a church family and you went to church assembly on Sunday morning and Sunday night and Wednesday night and you never were allowed to do anything else because that was the most important thing in life, God still rescued you and me. The fact that our parents led us in a good direction and we became part of his church perhaps at a younger age does not mean that we were whole. I very vividly, in spite of my age, I very vividly remember junior high school and senior high school and the craziness that I went through. And yes, I went to church and I believed in Jesus and I was baptized, but the things of this world, the darkness of this world pulled at my soul. And if you did not grow up in that environment, you may have had an even stronger pull from the darkness of this world to simply conform, to fit in, to blend, to not make any waves. And Paul says, God called us out of the kingdom of darkness and into the light of his dear son. In some ways, the last two years here in the, in the world and in America in particular may have seemed like dark days. We're afraid. We don't know who to believe. We're not sure about where we're going or what's going to happen or how this whole COVID thing and vaccines and all that, how it's all going to work out. What I want to reassure us about going into 2022 is that God's still in control. God is a God who works miracles out of darkness. And if I think about it honestly from my own perspective and my own heart, the real thing about the last two years has been that my first world way of life has been very inconvenienced. And that's about it. I've been blessed by God to have five mission trips in China. And their take on the world and their understanding of God movement moving in their culture and in their lives is so different from ours. I catch myself, I want to say this well, I catch myself listening to my wife and my family and listening to my own voice and listening to other Christians about the things that we're so unhappy about. And I have to sit back and think, isn't it terrible to have a first world problem? Well, first world people have problems. I'm not denigrating that. But it is so different for the rest of the world. God is a God who conquers darkness, who rescues and redeems us in every situation and brings us into the light of the son he loves. Think about it. This is a primary theme of the whole Bible. 
of that primordial mass of gases and chemicals and whatever that God created in the beginning, what did he say? Let there be light. And out of that light and through his love and wisdom, we have life. And we look at it as we drove up here today. We look at the different terrain and the trees and everything. Isn't God good? Doesn't God know what he's doing? Look at what he has conquered. We go from creation to the flood. And after 40 days of darkness with rain and all that goes with it, what did we get? A rainbow. Because God conquers the darkness and the hard times in life and brings us through. In Deuteronomy, in multiple places, the people are reminded, you were slaves in Egypt, but I brought you out by my powerful hand. What did God use to get Pharaoh to let them go? We used all kinds of things from insects to bloody rivers to darkness. And God says in Exodus, he says to Moses when he calls him, he says, I heard the cries of my people, and I care. Therefore, you are going to go, and you're going to be my agent, and I am going to rescue them from the darkness of slavery and bring them into my promised land. God works in darkness. Later in the life of the Jewish nation, when they are in captivity in Babylon and then under Persia, the people are very discouraged. They're worn out, they're tired, and one of the Psalms asks the question, what, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? But in that dark period of discipline for the Jewish people, God sends them a message found in uh, Jeremiah chapter 29. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Please note, God takes credit for what happened to them. He didn't blame Nebuchadnezzar. He said, I did this. Here's his words of encouragement. Build houses and settle down. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters and find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also, seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. And don't listen to the dreams they, you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, but I have not sent them. And this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen. And you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, 
and will bring you back from captivity. God's promises are lived out in times of darkness, in times of waiting, in times of wondering what in the world is going on. And God says, when you don't know what to do, listen for my voice. During that time that they're in captivity, there's a man named Daniel who goes off into captivity with them. And we tell all our children about Daniel and the lions then. What did God do? In the darkness of that pit, he closed the lions' mouths. And then he silenced the mouths of the accusers. And Daniel is rescued. The Jewish people come back from Babylon. And then for 400 years, God doesn't say a word. Between Malachi and Matthew, there's 400 years where God does not send a prophet among his people. And then he sends John the Baptist. And then out of the darkness of the virgin's womb, he brings Jesus into this world. And out of the darkness of a tomb, he raises them from the dead. And he raises them from the dead and brings them back into heaven. And now he lays upon you and I this tremendous opportunity to recognize that we are no longer citizens of the kingdom of darkness. But we live in the light of the love and grace and truth of Jesus Christ. Thomas Merton said this. A revolution is supposed to be a change that turns everything completely around. But the ideology of political revolution will never change anything except appearances. There will be violence, and power will pass from one party to another. But when the smoke clears and the bodies of the dead are underground, the situation will be essentially the same as it was before. There will be a minority of strong people in power exploiting all the others for their own ends. There will be the same greed and cruelty and lust and ambition and avarice and hypocrisy as before. For the revolutions of men change nothing. The only influence, the only influence that can really upset the injustice and inequity of men is the power that breathes in the Christian faith. the power that breathes in the Christian faith. From what I learned a little bit in conversation this morning, your numbers are down a bit since COVID. So is Two Rivers. 
don't give up. Don't quit. The only thing that changes the world, the only thing that changes anything, is Jesus Christ. And Jesus came full of grace and truth, and he said two things for this morning. First, he said, I am the light of the world. It's not the Greek scholars. It's not the Hebrew scholars. Jesus is the only one who can make real change. His grace and his truth have turned this life right side up. And then Jesus said to his followers, you are the light of the world. And he has given us the highest privilege and the highest responsibility to live in such a way that his transforming power radiates out from the church and changes the community in which we live and eventually the world in which we live. An interesting word I don't use but I know is proleptic. The word proleptic means to speak in the present tense about a future event with such certainty that you know it's going to happen. So we as Christians, we say Jesus reigns in spite of the evidence that it's not true. We believe Because Jesus was raised from the dead, the end of time has already begun, and we are partners with him in this movement towards eternity when he will come again. And we have this tremendous freedom in this. Because we don't have to worry in the sense that the world worries about tomorrow. Tomorrow is guaranteed. Jesus will still be Lord, and we will still be the only thing he has designated to make a difference in this world. Now, I am trying to say to you that Christians never have doubts, never have fears, never get depressed. We do all those things, don't we? But we also have hope that overcomes all those things. A number of years ago, I worked for a Christian camp in Pennsylvania, and we took a group of, small group of adults and some campers to another camp in the area to take a look at their challenge courses, low ropes, high ropes courses, that kind of thing. We wanted to expand our options. One of my granddaughters went along in that, and Valerie was about 10 at the time. And we went through the low ropes things, you know, where you have to do this and just fall back and trust people to catch you. That part was okay. Eventually, we got down around, and they had a climbing wall and then a zip line. I had no problem climbing that wall. And the young lady and gentleman that were on the platform, they strapped me into the harness, and I got out here to the edge. 
I couldn't step off. Now, the backstory to that is I've fallen off a roof twice. And while I still have no problem going up and down a ladder and working on a roof, I couldn't step off. My 10-year-old granddaughter had already gone down, and she's watching. And the young lady behind me comes up behind me and she says, should I give you a push? I said, no. Now, up here, I know that cable will hold me. I watched three adults who were bigger than me go down through and it holds. There is no question that this will work. She came up behind me a second time, and she whispered, she said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what I said? That's not fair. <laughs> we all have our moments where fear interferes with our life where the darkness seems to hold us back from being who God wants us to be. Now, I know you want to know, did I go off? And I did not. I stepped back and took off the harness and climbed back down that wall. There have also been times in my life where God called me to take a step in faith. And I was clueless about what that would mean. At one point in my life, I had my own home improvement business. And in 1980, the last seven jobs that I had, the people gave me 10% down and had no money to pay me. And in less than two months, I was about $100,000 in debt for materials and had no credit and ended up filing bankruptcy. And that darkness seemed like the end of the world because I had always lived my life that if I just work harder and do a little more, I can beat everything in life. The courts collected most of the money that was owed to me, and Kathy and I ended up selling our house, everything we owned except for a car and our clothes, and moving in with her parents. And we only owed about $5,000 when it was over that we paid off over the next couple of years. And that darkness probably to me was the same as what the Hebrews experienced in Egypt. But in January of 1981, I had the opportunity at 38 years old to go to college. and study the Bible, 
and changed the whole course of my life. And Kathy said, are you crazy? Well, yeah. But other people believed that I had potential. And God gave an opportunity and the means to go through that process. Now, in high school, I barely got through. I graduated 150 out of 164. I was a class clown. In college, I finally had enough maturity to apply myself. So in 1982, I had a calling to plant a new church in Philadelphia. And Kathy and I grew up out in the country. We didn't know anything about Philadelphia. But we said yes, and she quit her job of 15 years, which she loved, and we packed up and we moved to Philadelphia. And God blessed that church beyond anything I could possibly imagine. And in the process, guess who got the greatest blessing? This guy. Were we afraid? Yeah. God works in our dark times. And it doesn't matter what that means for each of us personally. It can be being afraid to step off a ledge while we're fully secure. It can be afraid of going where God's calling us to go. It can be afraid of being sick and dying. But God hasn't given up. God still conquers the dark times, times in our life. And God says that we are to live in a way that brings his light to bear with every person we meet. Now, if you are like most congregations, and you probably are, someone or ones are sitting here thinking, yeah, but I don't have any talents. God doesn't make junk. I live most of my Christian life worried about what to do to be faithful to God. And I've learned that God was less concerned with what I do than with who I am. The Christian life is about being, not doing. Jesus did not say, go create light. He said, go be light. Whoever you are, whatever your gifts, whatever your personality, whatever the circumstances in which you live, God is surrounding you with people that need to know his truth and love. 
And if you will simply be faithful. Be his light where you are. God will transform the people around you. And in the process, he's going to transform you. I don't know how we're doing on time. I don't wear a watch. One more story. We have a family at Two Rivers by the name of Zook who moved to New Bern because one of his ancestors way back was kicked out of Bern, Switzerland uh, with religious persecution. Why this is snapping like it does. They decided they were coming to New Bern under God's call to open a coffee shop. And against the advice of everybody that they talked to that knew anything about New Bern, they chose a property that was on the dividing line between the historic area and the housing projects. And everybody said, you're going to go bankrupt. This will never work. But their purpose in having a coffee shop was to build bridges between God and people. Two months ago, they were the featured article in Our State magazine. Their coffee shop was the featured article for the whole state because they opened with an idea. Nobody will be turned down. Everyone will get respect. And God is present here whether the other person acknowledges it or not. So they have a little sign there that says, if you're in need, ask for the house special. You will be given a beverage and a food item. And they did that from the very beginning. And then there's another little sign that says, if you care about your brother, when you buy your coffee, buy a second one and leave it for someone else. It has become the place to go in Newburn to learn anything you need to know and everything you need to know about Newburn. Why? Because God's light shines through who they are and what they do. We've had probably eight, nine, ten families in the last two years give their life over to Christ because of a coffee shop. You can do that too. You don't have to open your coffee shop. You just turn your life over to God. I'm going to sing. You know what this is? You have one of these? Put it up there. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine all the time. Let it shine. Your light, like my light, will go out unless it's God's light that's living in you. God, thank you for bringing your light into the world. Thank you, Father, for moving us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of your Son. And I ask that you keep our light lit, that as we move into 2022, we do so without fear and without worry, 
because you are leading the way. And you work your miracles through your people in the midst of darkness. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for using us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Movement Christian Church's sermon podcast. Want to learn more about us? You can do that by visiting our website at movementchristianchurch.com or on our app available on iOS and Android devices under Movement NC.